Angela Yee and Charlemagne the God. After the Breakfast Club, bitches. <laughs> the voice of the culture. People watch the Breakfast Club for like news and really be tuned in. It's one of my favorite shows to do just because y'all always keep it 100, y'all keep it real. They might not watch the news, but they're on Twitter. They're on Facebook. They're, you know, they're listening to the Breakfast, the Breakfast Club. Get your ass up. Good morning, USA! Yo, 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 Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ MV. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Thursday! The weekend is here! Well, not here. No, nigga, it's here. It's not Okay, I start my weekend on Thursday. You know why? Why? Because you can do that in life. I can curate my own week <laughs> okay? okay so y'all can save weekend starts on friday i'm starting mine on thursday yeah. all right well do what you're right. not mad at it do what and you feel. shout out to detroit this weekend i'm actually having a wholesale day at my store in detroit private label so if you are in the detroit area and you want to buy some bundles some wigs some lashes any of those things i'll be out there for a wholesale day you better sell some wholesale gas that's where the money at now <laughs> wholesale gas. Listen, that's not possible right now well, wholesale gas but i saw all at. these tips online they were giving people on how to conserve gas like things that you should do to conserve gas so you don't have to keep on filling up your tank as frequently. Well, so. tell me. What's the way? Um, they said not, not drive. Not drive. Yeah, not drive. That's one way. <laughs> Buy a bike. <laughs> they said using cruise control on the highway so you maintain a constant speed. That will save you gas. I've heard that before. Yeah, because um, I guess you're not like speeding up uh, too fast. How else can you conserve? It was like a whole bunch of... Di- they said um, drive more slowly. Make sure your tires are inflated. See if your car has an eco mode. Uh, get regular maintenance and avoid driving in heavy traffic when possible. Not yeah, possible. Right. Avoid yeah, <laughs> sure. heavy traffic. You got to go to you know you got to go to work at rush hour times, right? Yeah. Nine to five. And avoid maintenance. How you avoid maintenance? No, car- it says to get maintenance. Oh, to get maintenance. Yeah, yeah. Okay. get maintenance. Well, that means so you got to means you got to pay for it. You got to pay for that's, it. That's like exactly. For gas. It's not, it's, mm-hmm. Here's the thing about gas. There's no way around it. It's just one of those things we all well, need. Well, unless you get an electric you know? car. That costs money, too. Or you can take the train. All these things y'all talking about cost money. The train is definitely way cheaper than buying gas. Everybody don't have train. I I grew up in South Carolina. We ain't got no trains. Well, if you have a train, there's a lot of places that do. Or public transportation. All right. Well, Period. My book finally came in. Drop a bomb for the book. Drop a bomb. I see. The book came. Real life, real love. I left one in front of you, Angela Yee, and then I left one in front of you, Charlemagne, face down. Ass ass up. Yes. I see it. Yes, I figure you like to start from the back, so I, you know, <laughs> put it face what down. The so you, hell? you get right to the back. Right I didn't to it. say this. Yes, you did. Oh, I'm looking at my blurb on the back. Why would I start off if you come from a similarly dysfunctional background? That's a what? what? What's the word? If you come from a what? A similarly? What, what? is that? Similarly? You wrote it. Similar? If you come from a similar. Wait, you come background. from a similarly dysfunctional background? Uh, if you're just looking to strengthen a relationship that might not have gotten as much maintenance as... I don't even talk like you that. You gotta you get regular maintenance. <laughs> I don't talk That's like that. Well, who wrote this? I didn't, I didn't Charlemagne wrote it. I, this is not what I wrote. Yes, it is. Look what it I up. wrote was way sexier. No, it's not. Let me see. Oh, look at this. How do you tell your partner that sex is good without hurting their feelings? Gia answered that right away. Simple answer. You don't. If I'm being honest, I cannot imagine... Oh, wow. So the sex isn't good. Wow. Shut up. Well, My daughter, she got a cheerleading competition, so <laughs> I'll be re- reading this this weekend. Well, you could definitely pre-order the oh book. Oh, my gosh. There's a whole 19th. chapter on how your sex isn't good. April 19th, you could definitely read a book. That is the out. funniest answer you to a question. How do you tell your partner the sex isn't good without hurting their feelings? She says, simple answer, you don't. I have been struggling for years. All right. You That's not gracious. what she said. <laughs> that what she said for real? Yes. No. 
It was a if long... I get to that part in the book, you, you in for something. You it in for hell was, with me. It was a long... <laughs> oh, whoa. It was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. What? It was a long she time She said, ago. I have been struggling for years. <laughs> Look, listen, that was a long time ago. But yeah. no, I, I need oh to read gosh. context. I don't. I don't. There was no context. It was true. But yeah, we. we I'm just, it doesn't even say that. Envy. I was kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought she maybe she did write that. Why is DJ Clue and Kirk Franklin together in a chapter? <laughs> no, they're not. Hip hop can make some odd combinations. Well, yeah. Kirk Franklin and Lil Baby did do a record together. Now, see, this makes sense. Charlemagne the God, Fifty Cent. That that makes sense. No, but Kirk Franklin, he, he he's been an inspiration in my life, and Clue was one of the first people to help me get in this industry. He's known me and Gear for what twenty five. How the hell years? was Kirk Franklin an inspiration in your life? I speak to him some at time to time, and he oh. gives me advice and things like that. I saw Kirk in the airport the other day too. Salute to Kirk, man. Yeah. Drop on the Clues bombs for Kirk Franklin. Shout out him and his wife. They was they went. Cr- I saw Kirk in the airport in L.A. They was going crazy. For <laughs> like, like uh, people, some listen, boy Kirk band Franklin is stuff. no joke. There's okay, no joke. <laughs> like they, Yo, there's a chapter how I became DJ Envy, mm-hmm. and then it says parentheses Envy. He talks about how uh, it was LL Cool J's bigger and deffer album. He said Envy said I was standing at the bus stop sucking on a lollipop, and a kid I knew named Ernesto I, I, Shaw. I, I haven't up. even read this yet, and I know that's out of context. <laughs> that's it definitely didn't say that. <laughs> They're just making things up. I hate you guys. I will read this you know this what? weekend. I'm, give me the book back. I'm going to give it to you after the show. Give no, it I'm going to read this weekend. Let's get the show cracking, man. All right, who's joining us this morning? Anjane. Uh, Anjanu Ellis. Yeah, Anjanu. Sorry, Anjanu yes. Ellis. She, uh, of course, is from King Richard. She played Serena and Venus's mom mm-hmm. in King Richard. Um, so we're going to talk to her, kick it with her. And um, we got front page news next. What are we talking about? Uh, we'll give you some updates on Russia and Ukraine and... We'll also talk about a city council meeting where somebody really broke down the whole situation. All right. We'll get into all that next when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. All right. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, Yeezy? Well, let's start with a Texas City Council meeting. Now, this guy who is known as Primetime Stein, a.k.a. Alex Stein, attended the meeting and he had a Bluetooth speaker, and he did a little rap that was very anti-Putin and in support of Ukraine. Here's what that sounded like. They call me Primetime 99 Alex Stein. I hope you guys like my flavor. My flavor. Primetime 99 on the grind all the time. Hey. Go insane for Ukraine. A bullet in Putin's brain. Hey. Always on the grind. Hey. Always got a shine. And you know it's no lie. What? Oh, oh, excuse me. Come on, audio. Where are we going? Now we're going. You should see everybody sitting in the city council meeting just looking. It's prime time. Let's let's start that one more time, guys. Come on, audio. Let's vibe tonight. It's prime time. Officer, you know I'm on the ground. You know. Stop on the clues, bomb for prime time, baby. Come on, Red. Yeah, that's what I said. I'm a freak for the vaccine. Vaccinate my body at the party. Sipping Bacardi. Imagine you're at a city council meeting and this is going on. This is Alex Stein. Wouldn't surprise me at all in America in 2022 is what I expect. Okay, and then he also shouted out Senator Lindsey Graham for calling on the Russian people to assassinate Putin after wrapping up by uh, thanking the whole council. Okay, okay, drop on the clues bombs for prime time once again. America has jumped the shark, okay? This American project has failed, all right? Isaac Mm -hmm. Newton said that uh, the end of civilization as we know it, the end of society as we know it, is like 2060. Uh, MIT professors predict 2040. All right, Joe Biden has called Vladimir Putin, the Russian president, a war criminal. 
And it's the harshest condemnation of Putin from any U.S. official since the war in Ukraine began three weeks ago. So previously, he stopped short of that. But he did say now, I think he is a war criminal. How do we know that we aren't already in World War Three, and they're just not calling it that? Which well, means? Zelensky like, has said that World War Three may have already started. Yes, yeah, it's not like it's not like America isn't providing aid for Ukraine. It's not like NATO isn't assisting uh, Ukraine. You know, clearly we were seeing Russia invade Ukraine. I think we're already in World War Three, and they're just not calling it yet. They haven't framed it as such yet. Mm. Even though last week Joe Biden did say, you know, he wouldn't send troops in the Ukraine because then that would be the start of World War Three. but it's like yeah. what's the difference between aid and equipment and everything else to me nothing well, ben, he, he's been saying that since the beginning that we're not going to send over any troops and I think he won't even shut down the airspace it's like I'm not going to throw a gun I'm not going to throw a missile but I'm going to give Ukraine a missile so they can throw it exactly it's the same thing but I, I think part of that is what Putin has said is that if uh, they do send over any manpower then that will definitely be well I was reading an article in the New York Times and the headline is is Russia digs in what's the risk of nuclear war and it's not zero so, okay. <laughs> but let's be clear, this is all Putin's doing. It ain't like, you know, what are you supposed to do? He's bombing places. That's why Putin called, I mean, that's why Joe Biden called him a war criminal. You know, he's bombing children's hospitals and all kinds of places. And that's not, that is what makes you a war criminal. Yeah, I don't know what. Purposefully I don't, I don't know targeting civilians. On. I really don't know what's happening. All right, well, that is your front page news. All right, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, phone lines are wide open. Again, 800-585-1051. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Let's go. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're man or black. Say it with your chest. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. So if you got something on your mind, let it out. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Mike calling out of West Palm. Mike, what's up? What up? What up? Get it off your chest, Mike. Man, listen, man. My brother's been uh, my brother's been irresponsible on you know most of his life, right? So, so he still lives with my mom. He's almost thirty. Um, and and yesterday, so the light bill was just right. I've been running around working. I got school, got kids, whatever. Um, he he was supposed to give me the money to put it in her account because she's sick and in the hospital right now. And he wanted to wait till 12 o'clock last night to give me the money. So what I did was I, I, told, I told him that, well, I told him that FPL came and shut the power off, but I just turned the breaker off to let him kind of soak in his, his actions. And, um, and uh, yeah, how long, how long you think I should, I should leave it off before I tell him that, uh, before I tell him that it's just a breaker? I mean, it's up to you, man. Like, What's the weather like, though? Is it, is it too hot? Nah, man, not really. I mean... <laughs> Has he done a prank to you? Has he done something to you that you're getting him back for? Oh my God! All my life! All my, all life. my life! Oh, let let it, let it simmer for a second, yeah, my brother. Let, yeah. let, it, let, let it sit. Let God let God move you. Let God move you to let him know when the, when the gig is up. Okay. All right, man. All right. Good That's morning, right. guys. By the way, you good morning. Have a great day. And then you shouldn't tell him either. You should never tell him. You should just turn it back on. Yeah, Don't I wouldn't. Tell t- him. That's what I, I, I. Yeah, I wouldn't tell him. Just turn just turn it back on and and find and find a way to be the hero in this situation. Like, I got your power back on. Oh, man. All right. I like that one. I'll do that. Okay. That's right. <laughs> Hello. Who's this? It's JJ. JJ, what up? Get it off your chest. What's going on, man? So I've been seeing on the news a lot of uh, articles about, you know, Putin giving out, you know, chemical suits and whatnot. So I think we're already at the brink of World War Three. It just depends on whether he's going to pull that trigger on chemical warfare and actually get, you know, the NATO to step in 
I don't know. It all depends on the world. You know, the U.S. You know, we're gonna step out there and you know show face for Ukraine if you know if you accept the chemical warfare and nukes and all that. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't even think we're on the verge, right? I think we're already in the midst of it, and they just haven't haven't labeled it as such. But it's a great article in the New York Times. Um, I think it came out yesterday, and it's, it really talks about that. You know how Russia. It's, the headline is: Is Russia digs in? What's the risk of nuclear war? It's not zero, and they break down why you know. Why they? Why this? This author breaks down why he feels like nuclear war is imminent. Most definitely, yeah. There's definitely gonna put something pop up, you know, uh, one of these days. You know, something big is gonna happen, and uh, we're just gonna have to see how humanity, you know, reacts to everything and what the U.S. is gonna do and NATO and whatnot. Well, Isaac Newton said the end of society would be 2060. Some uh, uh, MIT predicted 2040. So we'll see. Great. All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up. Wake up. Wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello. Who's this? This is Anthony from Florida. What's up? Anthony from Florida. Get it off your chest, bro. All right. First, I want to shout out the beautiful women in my life. My mom. She's traveling right now. She out of town. Stay warm. My wife at home with my kids during spring break. My sister and my grandma out there in New York, too. But I want to just say uh, I'm a new homeowner. and Congratulations. Keep, I appreciate it. Thanks. I appreciate it. And, yo, every time people keep coming up to my door and trying to sell stuff like solar energy or, like, pure fire or stuff, like, why they always ask, like, is... Are you the homeowner? Like, that's a turnoff to me. Like, don't come there and ask me, are you a homeowner or anything? Are you the owner of this home? Like, I'm obviously here. Like, that's a that's an automatic no. Like, y'all should first come up to the door. You see, it's a new neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Like, I hate explaining that. Like, I'm young. I'm 32. Like, next time somebody asks you if you're the homeowner, I'm going to say, nah. Like, my dad is <laughs> not here or something. You that's what I, I always I say, no. Yeah. I do that all the time. When, when but they, I think they just don't want to waste their time talking to a person who's renting or doesn't own a home and can't make that decision. I feel you. And then another thing I got before I go, man, I'm a truck driver out here. And, um, you know, we just moving weight, like, state to state and everything like Woo. that. But, man, gas prices is going crazy. Really? We prices. didn't know. Yo, yo, <laughs> and the ga- you know the gas prices is going up. We spending hella bread at the gas pump, and they not throwing us any more bread on the load. It's like it's getting lower. Like they making us starve. Like we gotta, like we I don't know what we gotta do. Like they know what's going on, and and now prices is getting lower for us. So it's hard for us to eat out here, man. So uh. any big companies is listening to this, man. Like take take care of us out here, man, because our pockets is really hurting right now. You feel me? No, that's yeah. what inflation is, brother. You know what I did see, though? I, I seen, uh, and I don't know if this is going to change the game in the next couple of years, but I see Tesla is making, starting to make trucks. With electric yeah, trucks. That's not, a good game for, that's not a good game for us, man, because, like, that's mad expensive, and only yep. companies going to be able to um, afford yep. that. And, mm-hmm. you know, people that, that really got it out the mud and started with, you know, one truck up to 20, you know, we ain't going to be able to change out all this gas and diesel, yeah. you know? Yep. It's serious, man. Like, it's scary because, like, they about to have trucks driving themselves. And what we going to do, like... Yeah, that's that's why I understand when people say things like that. They be like, oh, you know, Tesla's coming out with an electric car. That That's going to cost money. Yeah, it does. <laughs> like, it does. You're going to have to be able to afford the electric trucks and the electric cars that and everything same, else. But in time, those trucks, I think, would be, uh, I guess, maybe, I don't know, I, I, maybe a better situation because you don't have to put as much gas. You know, and but you still got to be able to afford it. So the only people that's going to be able to afford it is the companies. And like he said just now, 
they're going to have these self-driving trucks. They're not even going to need the drivers anymore. I so can't you, see not having anybody in the truck, though. That's like a lot of the trains and things like that can drive themselves, but you still you want still somebody in case of anything. Shit. You, know, yeah. you must not know these corporations. Mm. If they get it, it's much, <laughs> we, never mind. <laughs> Never mind. All I'm saying is uh, manual labor has been proven that it's not absolutely necessary since the pandemic. And if people can go automated, they will go automated. Andrew Yang been warning about that for the long. And Andrew Yang was like, you need to build a wall around Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. He's like, y'all worried about the Mexicans. Y'all need to worry about the robots. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. We got rumors on the way? Yes, and Jesse Smollett is out of jail. For now, we'll tell you what happened. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's about time. What's going on? Rumor Report. Rumor Report. This is the Rumor Report. Talk to him. With Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Well, while Jesse Smollett was in jail, he was fasting and he's taking Lent very seriously this year. He gave up food and they said he's planning to stick by this for nearly five more weeks. It's already two weeks into the fast. So he's planning to do that until Lent ends on April 17th, and he's taking things one day at a time. Now He, they he was did in jail for two weeks already? Well, I think he started before that. and then, like a week. Yeah, and uh, then he's I been doing it for two long. weeks. So when Lent started, and then he's planning to do it for five more weeks. How did he, he get out? Now, we're about to get to that now. Uh, so he was ordered to be released from jail on bond until his appeal is decided. So his legal team was able to get him released from jail and that is just on bond, by the way. So this is all for him trying to appeal this disorderly conduct conviction for lying to police about this alleged hate crime. He had been sentenced on March 10th to 150 days in jail and required to pay a $25,000 fine and $120,000 in restitution to the city of Chicago. Here is his attorney. The first district appellate court in Illinois, in Chicago, just released an order ordering that Jesse Smollett should be released from jail immediately. Now, this appeal that we filed, the basis of our appeal was very simple. We told the appellate court that pending the appeal, Jesse ought to be released because, quite frankly, I'm going to put it in layman's terms and not legal talk. The case sucks. The case is bogus against him. And they released him. And that says a lot about what the appellate court thinks of this case. Yeah, I feel you know they really just messing with Jesse the way they feel he messed with them, right? Like that's all this is. They feel you wasted our time, ran us all around. Now we're gonna do the same to you, and they're gonna continue to be on whatever Jesse's on. They can do this all day. All right, now Rihanna has been making some appearances with her belly for her Fenty Beauty line, and now in a new interview, she is talking about how she plans to be as a mother. She's in her third trimester now, and she told Elle magazine, "You talk about my kids, it's over." And she said that big root energy. She big was inspired voodoo. after Stupid. one of the Real Housewives mother told her, uh, and that was Teresa, by the way, Judice, that's your friend Envy. Uh-huh. She said she does not play about her kids. She said she will flatten you about those kids, and that resonates with me a lot because I feel like that's the type of mom I'm going to be psycho about it. And so right now, she said some of the best advice she's gotten about motherhood was to focus on getting sleep now because she'll get very little of it when the baby arrives. All right, play, with, play with Rihanna kid if you want to. There'll be an oxtail bone with your name on it buried in Barbados somewhere. All right, and little Nas X is back on Twitter with a series of tweets. And one thing that he wants to know is which of his two unreleased tracks are you more excited about? Which one should he drop first? One of them is called Late to the Party featuring Young Boy. And another is called Down South Hose, featuring Saucy Santana. 
And he said, we finna F the summer up. Which one y'all want to hear first? I didn't even notice Lil Nas X disappeared. That's so wild. Because, you know, at one point, Lil Nas X's name was in the headlines every single day. And then it just went away. I didn't even think about it. He said, okay, I'll be honest. I haven't been posting online because I got a BBL. I respect it. <laughs> Take time to heal. Us. <laughs> yeah, you say that until you walk in with a fat uh, ass. Wow. And you be like, damn, Lil Nas <laughs> What else? <laughs> What's wrong with you, man? <laughs> and people be taking time to heal from them BBLs for real. I had a friend who did it. We all, we all do. <laughs> What's yeah. his name? Now, Kelly Rowland has gotten no emotional as she was talking about reuniting with her estranged father after 30 years. And so they had their um, first public appearance together as they discussed reconnecting and what happened with all of that. And here is what she had to say about her dad, you know, saying, I love you. It was, hold up. <laughs> it was necessary to the little girl in me that needed to hear that. It was necessary to hear it from a man. It, it was necessary to hear it from my father. Mm -hmm. That is the base and the foundation of it psychologically. So when mm -hmm. I'm talking to therapists and I'm asking them about this and it, it all runs back mm -hmm. to the abandonment issue. Mm -hmm. Once you like kind of tackle your way through that, you're helping to navigate your way through trying to have functional, as functional as possible relations. Dropping the clues, Bonzo Kelly rolling and her father, man. Also on the Today Show, her dad was saying that I wanted to tell Kelly that I love her and that I never gave her up. Imagine that, 30 years being estranged. You know he would go to her shows and she would not let him backstage and all of that. Now here's what she had to say about first meeting her dad. It wasn't until I had Titan, my first, and I said, I, I want to meet him. And by the way, this was after I lost my mother because I lost my mother three weeks after Titan was born. So at that time, I think I still had these feelings of like, oh my God, I have no parents. And it was like, no, you do, you have one left. Next thing I knew, I was at a hotel in Atlanta and I was on my way to walk in to meet him. Before I walked in, I had all these thoughts of what I was gonna say. I had all these questions lined up. And as soon as I saw his face, it was a blank. Wow. Mm -mm. I love it, man. Salute to all the girl dads out there, man. Big girl dad energy. Pouring into yours. Fathers are important because the love you get from a father can really make or break a person, male or female. So I'm glad Kelly got that. No, that's that's good. And and you know what? You think about it, right? You haven't seen your father in so long. The fact that she was, was big enough to say, you know what? I'm, I'm willing to put my ego aside and meet him and have a conversation. Because well, I don't it, know if I could be there. She said it was Jay-Z who gave her a key piece of advice, which led to her meeting her dad in 2018. He said, love is all about risk. You got to decide if you're going to jump. And so she said she decided to jump. But mm. imagine he was saying he would try to go visit her backstage while they were on tour. But she specifically told security to ban her father. And he said it was hurtful for him to be turned away by security at her concerts when she was in Destiny's Child. Well, I mean, you know, that that was her mindset at the time. Mm -hmm. and, and you don't know what, you know, she knew or what she thought she knew. Correct. So you can't be mad at that. All right. Well, that is your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss... Yeah. All right. We got front page news. I was thinking about something. You remember? Um, I don't like when you think. Side note. Remember when we were in uh, Houston and Drake was in Houston? It was like 20 bodyguards looking to beat up Charlemagne. 
Mm-hmm. Remember, remember that club? I was Charlemagne that, wasn't there. No, so. Charlemagne wasn't there. I was in that club <laughs> this weekend, and it just made me think of that. We were in Houston. This is when Drake and Charlemagne. What were does Kelly Rowland reconnect with her Thank dad you. have to do with this? Nothing. You, I just thought about Thank it right you. now. When have I was, you guys seen Khloe Kardashian's hands? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That was just random. I just told you I don't like when you think that had nothing to do with nothing. Are we about to? Are we about to play a Drake record or something? No. So you just randomly thinking about Drake? Nothing You just randomly thinking about Drake? It just made me chuckle. We weren't talking about. Houston, nothing. nothing. It just made me chuckle. Like now, Kelly's Houston adjacent. Ain't Kelly from Houston? No, no. Ain't she? I yes. don't know. Yeah. Either way, that's 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 that was yeah. random. Yeah, it was just. It just made me think of it. Just this all. guy. I don't know what your know. train of thought is. It's so weird. I don't either. It's like vomit. It just I don't even think everything. it's a train. <laughs> you would it's like a, a form train. of train. You know what I just thought of when you said train? The twenty guys that came up to NBA in Houston. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Led by it Drake. made me chuckle. Okay. <laughs> just made me chuckle. Gotcha. Just, just something gotcha. popped up in my mind. All right. All right. Anyway, front page news next, what are we talking about? Um, we're going to talk about a California bill that would allow parents to sue social media companies for their kids being addicted. Oh, boy. All right. We'll get to that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code ENVY for a special offer when you sign up. That's code ENVY. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. <laughs> so funny, man. Oh, man. This is such a stupid-ass radio show. Yo, you, you stupid. Like, right before the break, all you hear is Envy go, allergic to Popeyes. It's him and our producer had a whole conversation about her being allergic to Popeyes. No, you made that up. You said she went on a date to Popeyes, and she said she's allergic to Popeyes. <laughs> With Lil Boosie. Yeah. I don't know. why We just be randomly just talking. Just randomly man. talking. That's just, you know, that's whatever. <laughs> Let's get some front page news. Allergic to Popeyes. What kind of nigga are you? <laughs> Huh? Hello? It's your go, ye. <laughs> oh, you didn't tag you right. All right. Well, a California bill would let parents sue social media companies for their kids getting addicted. It's called the Social Media Platform Duty to Children Act that has been introduced and has advanced in the state assembly. And they said some of these companies do indeed intentionally design features in their apps that they know children are using that cause the children to use it more and more and more and exhibit signs of addiction. So the question to me becomes, who should pay the social cost of this? Should it be borne by the schools and the parents and the kids, or should it be borne in part by the companies that profited from creating these products? Now, I feel like I've seen this before. I feel like uh, cigarette this happened to the tobacco industry at one point. Because, you can't do that. No, no, no. I think I, I actually believe that's people that's won this lawsuit because they say they designed cigarettes with enough nicotine to create and sustain addiction. It's the same thing with these social media sites. They do create them for people to be addicted to them. So now, they said this bill would first obligate social media companies to not addict child users. And then they said damages could include $1,000 or more per child in a class action suit or as much as $25,000 per child per year mm. in a civil penalty. But they said it would be a safe harbor provision that would protect responsible social media platforms from being penalized if they took basic steps to avoid addicting children. So, Because if I remember correctly, because you know I don't remember much, they said that the tobacco companies were lying about the nicotine addiction. So I, I'm, I don't know about the social media sites. The social media sites saying, hey, nobody can get addicted to this, when the reality is they know they create these platforms with features for people to be addicted. Right, and some I do see like they do try to take some steps to protect and make sure that, uh, you know, to help try to avoid addicting mm-hmm. children. Obviously, you can't 100% cure that, but you can do certain things, you know, like restricting the time and parents can oversee that yeah. and make sure it shuts off at a certain time See, but in, or in, certain hours. When you talk cigarettes, you know, there's stuff in cigarettes that make it addictive, right? The nicotine. If, if you talk liquor. But they used to say it didn't, though. 
That's the point. But that was a lie. But what what's in social media that makes it addictive? It's not a lot of different things. It's nothing I, that you. It's not like it's a, a chemical imbalance or something that you need. Like you fiend for it. Not it's not like no. The same it does. I can't break it down as eloquently as some of these people who you know study these things for a living. But no, there's a lot of different things on social media platforms that keep people addicted. That's what they want. They want your time and your attention. They want you to spend as much time on these apps as possible. Right. Now, if you're going to be in the metaverse for all day. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> you should watch um The Social Dilemma on Netflix. I think that's what it was called. And remember, they had the Instagram kids that they were planning to do that spinoff app. And they paused that app for now. So, mm. you know. It I mean, be- I know they, they, they do certain things to, to make it more attractive and make kids want to watch it more. But addictive where you have to have yes. it like nicotine. I yes. don't know if that's you're the out of your I mean, mind. People have been yes. saying that social media is addictive. You can right? see it. You should read. You should read Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. We had Cal up here before. And you should watch The Social Dilemma on Netflix. It breaks it all the way down. All right. Now, as we're also talking about these rising gas prices, Lyft has detailed a fuel surcharge of 55 cents to each ride given by drivers. That is going to offset surging gasoline prices. They're going to be following DoorDash and Uber, who also announced surcharges this week. And they did release the details of their plan. This will be effective beginning next week. All of the money will go directly to the drivers. So the surcharge is not applicable in New York City because there's already a 5.3% increase in the minimum earning standard for drivers there. So... Now, should I have to pay for your gas? Hmm? Should I have to pay for the Uber driver's gas? Yes. Yeah, that's how should. he makes his money. Jesus If Christ. he has to pay for more higher for gas. Yeah, they got to pass that on to you. Okay, so based off the miles that I'm riding. Correct. Mm-hmm. That's how much gas I should pay. That's probably what it is. I would hope so. It is, based off your Because I don't want to have to pay, like, you know, imagine I get a $50 surcharge or something crazy and I'm no. only going to Well, they said it's at 55 cents each ride. Yeah. So that's oh, okay. not that's too good. crazy. All I right. think that's reasonable. That's good. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, that is your front page news. But everything's going to be rising based on the gas prices. Everything? Yeah. Uber Eats already is charging more so when you get... Food prices are going to go up. Yes, everything. Yo, you a horny king. Grand rising king. You know what? What is going on Grand rising king. All right. Well... Um, yeah. Joining us next. Don't try to mispronounce this name. Ajune Ellis. She there you joining go. Us. Uh, she, she was in King Richard. She was the actress that played Venus and Serena's mom. I thought it was Ajune. Oh. Ajune Ellis, yeah. Okay. She is playing uh, Oracine, <laughs> which is Venus and Serena's mom in King Richard. So we'll talk to did her next. did an amazing job. She sure did. And it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Everybody, it's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest joining us this morning. Yes, indeed. We have Anjanu Ellis. Welcome. <laughs> Did I say it right? You said it all right. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> all right. I was nervous. Now she good played, morning. Uh, First of all, how are you? I'm doing all right. How you doing? I'm blessed, black, and highly favored. All right. All That's right. what I want. And second hear. of all, congratulations on all the accolades. That is amazing. Well, tell oh, people who she is you. and who she plays so they know. Oh, Lord. She played mm-hmm. Venus and Serena's uh, mom in King Richard. Yes, I did. I bet you can't pronounce that name. What? Venus and Serena mother. No, I'm not. Oh, no. Oracine. Just how it looks, right? Yeah, Oracine. Well, let me tell you, MV just saw the movie on the plane because now it's on the planes oh, to watch it, but I okay. watched it on HBO Max and it came uh-huh. out in HBO Max and in theaters simultaneously. Yeah. Right? I didn't know it was on planes, but I heard from our director, Ronaldo uh, Marcus Green, that he saw a woman watch it on the plane. <laughs> And that she, he watched her reaction while he was, you know, on the plane, and she was crying and 
everything. And so it was, was a woman, like, it wasn't me? <laughs> Envy was definitely crying. I he definitely yeah. crying. Yeah. Yeah. Crying yeah. Like a <laughs> with a mask on, I've been trying to wipe my tears. <laughs> that, movie, that movie was amazing. You played a great role. It was very believable. Uh, thank and you. I think what made me tear so much is just the inspiration of where they came from yeah. and everything they had to overcome and, right. and everything that the mom or you had to overcome in the movie. It was yeah. just, it was a really great movie. Like thank the scene you. with the neighbor uh, across the street. I think yeah. that was a really powerful scene. If you can just um, talk about that for a second. That actually happened. A a, a neighbor called uh, Child Protective Services on the Williams family. Mm -mm -mm. And uh, they wanted to take their kids away from them uh, because they felt that they were working them too hard. They did what they had to do. I mean, they were, they were this woman was, the family were try, was essentially trying to destroy their family. And um, so in that scene, mm -hmm. I had to go over there and talk to her. Just, you know. <laughs> Pull a coattail a little bit. Sure did. How, how nerve wracking and, and difficult it difficult is it to play a real life character? You know what? For me, honest to God, it's it's a pleasure for mm -hmm. me. It's a pleasure for me because I I these women that I've been playing, I've been playing a lot of real life characters lately, mm -hmm. and these women that I've been playing, I just see them as heroes of mine. I think Miss mm -hmm. Orsine is a hero. You know, I play mm -hmm. Sharon Salam, and when they see us, these mm -hmm. women are are heroes to me. So. I get the chance to correct history and the history reflects them as being, you know, it doesn't reflect them at all, you know? Yeah. So I get to stand in the, in the, in the gap of that. So I, I love it. And I, you know, to me, it, people are like, Oh, do you feel, do you feel like it's a burden? I'm like, no, nah, it's not a burden to me. It's my joy. What's not fun is playing some stuff I don't believe in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So have, you, like have you done that? Played stuff all that you the don't time. All the time, mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, you know, acting as Halle Berry so brilliantly said is a uh, vocation rather than an avocation. So sometimes you have jobs that you got to do because you got to pay the rent, got to pay the mortgage. It's a job. Yeah, it's a job. I was going to say, let's break this off from the beginning when they casted you for this movie. So yeah. break that down, how it happened. Who'd you have to read for? Because I know Will Smith was one of the producers on there. So yes, break down how that happened and your fight for that. If there was one. Yes, it was a fight. It was a fight, and I embrace fights. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they 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 had, I'm sure, some more you know famous people on the list that they wanted to go for. But when I knew that was the case, I didn't care. You know, sometimes you know something is for you. Is for me. Yeah. You guys, that's mm -hmm. what I felt. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I wasn't on their radar in that sense. You know, it was just sent to me by my agent, and just a look at this, and I was like, okay. Yeah, they they they're thinking about this person. I think you you. I'm sure you got all the names that you could who mm -hmm. those women were. And I said, okay, that's cool, that's cool. And then it opened up, and then so I started out, you know, reading for it. I was in Mississippi, and I had my sister read with me, and I went to Atlanta, had my sister read with me on the phone. We sent out tapes, 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 that turned into um, a, a, a conversation with Ray Green, and then that turned into going to Los Angeles to meet Will mm -hmm. for this chemistry read. And so I was doing Lovecraft Country at the time. And so I classic show Thank that shouldn't you. have got canceled. We'll talk about that later. Though. I agree. <laughs> uh, and so I had to on the down low on a Saturday morning, fly out to Los Angeles to read with Will. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't change clothes on the plane. So I had to change clothes in the car on the way to Will Smith's house while the driver's asking me, you know, where am I going? Because he knew <laughs> I was going to somebody's famous's house, but I couldn't tell him. So he's pepper me, peppering me with questions changing clothes in the car, 
brushing my teeth in the car, <laughs> spitting out my toothpaste in Will Smith's yard. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Going inside. Does he know that now? Really? Does he know that? No, he knows it now. He knows it now. Okay. Okay. would have did the same thing. By the Come day. on. Okay. Then I read with him at his fantastic estate, and then he fed me, which is what Will Smith does. He mm-hmm. feeds you. And then they didn't tell me whether I had the part or not. And then I went home, back to Atlanta, and uh, a week later at Thanksgiving, they told me I had the job. Wow. Can we? Ta- I, I want to tap into the spiritual aspect of that. I want to tap into the discernment that tells you this is your role. Because I read in the LA Times how you wanted the role so badly and you fought for it. And now to see you nominated for you know Best Supporting Actress, clearly mm-hmm. you were right. But what did that discernment feel like? What was God saying to you that let you mm-hmm. know this is mine? Well, I think it was because I wasn't worried when I knew that they wanted other people, that they mm-hmm. were thinking about other people. I just didn't worry about it, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm not, you know, I'm not this person who just, who I'm not spiritually t- tapped in that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I hear people say things when, when God has something for you, it's for you. Mm-hmm. It's not that I was thinking in that way. It just was, I was not worried. Mm-hmm. I knew that if I could fight for this, if given a shot, I knew I would have a chance. I mm. knew that. And I think it's because I love the Williams family so much. Venus and Serena are heroes of mine on and off the court. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I could speak to that and right. be honest and real about it. So if you let me in the room, I, I, I felt I'd be okay about it. So, but then, you know, you, you, you have to fight for it. But then when you get the job, you, the fight doesn't stop. The fight doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. So I, I knew I was up to it. What I knew you, I was up for it. did you meet the family and, and really get to know the behind the scenes of a person because you know it's stuff that you see in the script but then you have to know the person and you got to get the stories and this so when did that happen and how was that right well i didn't get to meet miss orsine um and i uh venus and serena came to set uh, a couple times once when i was there and then another time but i you know i wasn't there i missed them but um yeah i didn't didn't get didn't get to do that but they did was they did these recordings of miss orsine and they just got to they just let her talk about her life and this was a it's so funny like and she just talked you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and what was so great about it is it it was the first time she could speak for herself mm-hmm. do you know what i mean mm-hmm. because mr richard sort of took that space of being the spokesperson for the family mm-hmm. and no one really asked her there are only a couple of interviews where Miss Orsine talks at all. But in these recordings they did of her, she got to talk about her childhood. Mm-hmm. She got to talk about how she sees sports, tennis, you know, and I listened to that and that was my that was my Bible. That was my audiobook every day. All right, we have more with Anjanou Ellis when we come back. Of course, she was the mom in King Richard. Yeah, she played Venus and Serena's mom in King Richard. So we'll talk to us some more when we come back. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Anjanou Ellis. She's an actress. She played Serena and Venus's mom in King Richard. Charlamagne? You know, you touched on it a little bit, and you said it's because they didn't ask, you know, Miss Oracine, but, you know, she was clearly there helping, you know, with the, with the development of the young ladies. Why do you think she, she didn't get as much credit as Mr. Richard? Well, you know, here's the thing. She she wasn't she wasn't helping. She was she was she was the coach. Yeah, yeah. She was the coach. You know, and I think that was the surprise of me for this is that finding out that he was a spokesperson, yes, a salesman or whatever, but she was their coach. Mm-hmm. When they were on the court, it was her who was out there coaching them, and she is more responsible for the for the the play of Serena, which is very interesting, you mm-hmm. know? 
And they showed that a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah, movie, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, and and people don't know that. I mean, you know, I'm sorry, but you know, history is written by men. Mm-hmm. The history of women, a lot of times, is written by men. And here's the thing, Miss Miss Orsine is not interested in that. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not interested in being in the limelight. She just wanted her girls to be excellent. Right. And um, so that's what she wanted. Um, Miss, she knew that Mr. Richard had to do that, and she was good. She was good with that. Mm. Yeah. So they were kind of like a perfect yin and the yang, really. Yeah. 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 Why not show that dynamic then? I don't know. What'd you want to see? No, no, no. I'm just saying if if, if, if if she helped with the actual development of the play and he was more the spokesperson, it's kind of mm-hmm. like a, for hip hop terms, like a Jay-Z, Dame Dash mm-hmm. dynamic. Because there was that scene where you were coaching Serena. He didn't even know she was com- um, competing. Yeah. And, and so then he found out and she was amazing and he didn't even realize how great she was yeah. because you were doing that kind of more on the side yeah. while he was focused on Venus. Yeah. I think that, you know, we had, there was another scene that, that didn't make the film because the film is two and a half hours long. It didn't mm. seem that long. It didn't feel like it, I tell you that. Somebody asked me about that early and I was like, yeah. it didn't seem that long. Yeah, yeah. So there was another scene. There was a couple more things that were in there that they that didn't make it. But I think the, the what they did was is that they showed me on the court with her, mm-hmm. you know, training her. Um, and yeah. I thought they did show that. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe I went, one time he took Venus and, and you and the daughter went to the court to, to practice. They didn't show that? I thought they showed that. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't see the whole film. Oh, I haven't what? seen the well, whole film. You haven't seen the whole film? No, they did show that. Yeah. You haven't show... seen the whole film? No, Why not? Because <laughs> I'm scared. No, they showed I'm the scared. dad. Wait, hold they, on. they did I, show that. They did. You're scared to see the whole film? Yeah. I am. I'm nervous. I'm nervous about it. Why? Because I was there. I did it. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I know what I wanted. And so if it doesn't meet that, I'm, I'm be, I, it, I'll, I'll be too affected by it. And I don't want the experience that has been so great. I don't want it to be sullied by my own self-critique. What was the <laughs> toughest part of the, to, to shoot for you? The most difficult part, if there was any? It wasn't. I, I, I it, it wasn't it wasn't hard, you know. It was it was it was fun. I mean, I got to go to work doing something I really love. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That wasn't that's not hard for me. I hear people ask questions like, "How do you decompress?" You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Listen, I decompress from what though? I'm going to going to work. I'm getting paid to do something I love mm-hmm. to do. I'm getting paid to tell Miss Orsine Price's story. Mm-hmm. This woman, this titan of tennis that people don't know about. That's what I want to do in my life, you know, because I feel like that's the kind of work that I do when I'm not acting. Mm. Is is try to push stories about black women, push narratives, push push history about black people. And so to get paid to do that on film, what am I decompressing from? Mm-hmm. So what are stories that are important to you to tell right now? Oh, right now. Well, you know, I'm trying to tell Miss um, Fannie Lou Hamer's story. Um, and I'm trying to tell Miss Fannie Lou Hamer's story. And I'm also trying to tell Mrs. Fannie Lou Hamer's story. <laughs> there you have it. Yeah. Is, that, is that almost getting, is that in the works? Is that going to happen? We hope so. We did a short. Mm-hmm. I did a short with uh, this director, Christine Swanson, who directed the Clark Sisters movie I did a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's out on, it's on YouTube. Anybody can see that now. But we're trying to develop, we, it's all, I've already written it. Um, so we're just trying to get it produced. I love it. I was going to ask with King Richard, how long did it take to film that? Because y'all shot it during COVID. So no. I read you say you thought you didn't think the movie would ever get finished. No, of course not. We started shooting in January of 2020. <laughs> we didn't finish until December of 2020. Because we shot for, we shot from January to March and then the world happened. 
and then we stopped shooting, and then we came back in September, and we finished in December. It was a miracle. That's long. That's ass. long. I mean, that's I don't, a, I don't exactly. know nothing about movies, so that's that's a long time. That's a long ass time. Wow. Yeah. What would yeah. be the normal shoot time for a film like that? Three months. Oh wow. Yeah, wow. we were gonna be start. We're gonna start in January. We had rehearsals. We we're gonna shoot for three months. We would have been done in early May. Wow. And yeah. I remember Will Smith gave everybody bonuses. Uh, because of how the movie <laughs> Why you look like that? Why what? you look like that? Why you look <laughs> like that? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Answer your, <laughs> ask your question. Ask your question. No, I mean, it seemed like the right thing to do just because of how the movie was rolled out. During you ask the I think you should ask the question. Ask the question. Did Will Smith give everybody bonuses? No, he did. He 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 did. Okay. No, he did. Yeah. He did. But I think what's important to say about that, um, and I think it's important that I say this, mm-hmm. is that, um, you know, as I said, at, after you get the job, the, job, the fight is not over. Um, you have to fight to for be paid pay, yeah. and that kind of yeah. thing. And, you know, I did that job and I'm thankful for it. But, you know, I could have gotten paid better. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And so I told him this mm-hmm. and he did something about it. And as a result of his doing, his responding to the letter that I wrote to him, um, not only did he address that with, with paying, increasing my pay, but the other actors in the movie also got their pay increased, which which is the proof of when black women do well, everybody does well. See, that's not how the story was told. And that's a better story. And the reason it's a better story is because we can't course correct any of this stuff if we don't have these conversations. You had a conversation with him. He did something about he it. He did something about that's it. That's a better story than I gave everybody bonuses. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, but, I, you know, he that's that's how he wants to, you know, frame it. And I'm, that's his world. But I, I, I think it's important that first of all, people know who this man is and what he did. And first of all, and also <laughs> that, you know, black women still have to fight to get paid equally. I was going to say this, though, Fairly. You know, and not taking anything from you, mm-hmm. but you said that, you know, some of the cast, you know, didn't get paid as they should and they got bonuses maybe because some people would say, well, isn't that the agent's job to fight for your salary or what you get paid for in negotiating? Well, I, I think I, I can only... the. What happened with the other people in the cast, Mm -hmm. that's their story. Mm -hmm. I can only speak for myself. And so speaking for myself, you know, whether your agent, whoever your agent is, you know, they can fight for having the best thing for you. But if you are working within a system that doesn't believe that the work of black women is as important as the work of white men, Mm -hmm. no matter how much they fight, it doesn't matter. Because that's still a reality. Mm-hmm. And there's not a black woman in the world who who has had my path, essentially, who doesn't have that story. Not even the best, like the Viola Davis. Absolutely. Like, I've heard her say that. Absolutely. And we gotta we gotta keep saying it until mm-hmm. it's until it's made right. All right, we have more with Anjanu Ellis when we come back. Of course, she was the mom in King Richard. Yeah, she played <laughs> Venus and Serena's mom in King Richard. So we'll talk to us some more when we come back. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking in with Anjanou Ellis. She's an actress. She played Serena and Venus's mom in King Richard. Charlamagne? How have opportunities for black women evolved over the years in Hollywood? I think now the conversation should be not just about representation, but because we see us all everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, how do we see us? Mm-hmm. You know, in what ways do we see us? It's mm-hmm. not enough to have a brown, black and brown face although I like seeing it, you know, it's like, what kind of stories do we get to tell? You know, even in this fight for, you know, to tell Mrs. Hamer's story, you know, having to convince someone that, you know, 
that Mrs. Hamer, first of all, that she matters, yes. mm-hmm. that she's important, that people would be entertained seeing her. Mm-hmm. And the way that I've written is not in the way that I've written it is not in a conventional way. So I have to get producers to trust that I can do it. Yeah. And I was thinking about also the Critics' Choice Awards with um, Jane Campion, the director of The Power <laughs> of the Dog, and what she had to say in her speech about yeah. Venus and Serena Williams and mm-hmm. basically like saying, oh, they didn't have to play against the guys, whatever, like I did. Yeah. And then she later did have to apologize. But I was like, why would you even say something like that? Like during a time when you're getting your award and it was like a put down and I just didn't understand that, but she did come back and apologize. What were your thoughts when you heard that as somebody who is connected to Venus and Serena? Well, you know, Toni Morrison has this really great quote where she talks about how, like, when black black people are thrust into these conversations about about race, that it really is a distraction, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 distracting, meaning that, you know, our movie, King Richard, Venus and Serena, that gets put on the side and now we're having a conversation about something Miss Campion said mm-hmm. <laughs> that's real you know what I yeah. mean it, it's it's a distraction like what we should be doing is talking about King Richard mm-hmm. Will Smith and his incredible performance and he's swept every award you know what I mean but now we have to give space to something Miss Campion said and and you know even though we're critiquing Miss Campion what we're doing is we're centering her Mm-hmm. And I don't I'm not interested in centering her. I'm interested in how we how we critique race in a way that decenters someone somebody said at an award show, you know. And then here's the thing. She has to answer for her. Right. It's not for me to answer for her on her time. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's real. I was on with, her time. Do you remember your uh-huh. first role, your first movie role that you got? My first movie role or TV role either or. Okay, so my first TV role was New York Undercover. Undercover, Right, (laughs) yep. Now, how was that? Malik Yoba in the game. Yes, with Terrence Howard, we played like this Bonnie and Clyde uh, story. Um, I shot a gun, and we, I think we died. (laughs) (laughs) You look back at that and just die laughing. Man, I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world. You know, <laughs> that was a big first show. New York job. Was, yes, that's a great right. first job. It is. Yes. You from Mississippi and never shot a gun? I lied, didn't I? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from South Carolina. I know you did some hunting or something. Or... I lied. I lied. <laughs> I forgot about that part. Yeah, yeah. I that <laughs> now I saw. Is it true that you were so nervous uh, the, the morning of the Oscar nomination that you turned your phone off because you didn't want to let people down? If you oh, didn't get yeah. nominated? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Yeah. Why'd you put that kind of pressure on yourself? Like, Oh, come on. You know, you don't want to let people down because you got mm-hmm. people that are just like, already, t- I'm going to cry if you don't get nominated. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, mm-hmm. that's not in my hands. I don't have anything to do with that. How many you know? messages did you have when you turned the phone on? Well, I think my my phone was just tripping, so I had about 250 messages. Sheesh. But some of them were double messages, Okay, you know? Because they were like, why is it green? That's not yeah, going through. Right. <laughs> yeah, so, so, it's crazy. With, with that said, are you going to be disappointed? Of course you would be, but how disappointed would you be if you didn't win? I'm a, I'll am i be all right. Okay, you know, okay. It's on the 27th. The 28th hopefully will come. And <laughs> life goes on. <laughs> you know, life goes on. You've already won. That's how I feel, mm-hmm. Angela. It, I, feel, I really feel that way. Because I never, let me tell you something. There's an Oscar nomination, and there's also being on The Breakfast Club. And I'm telling you, they're like... 
They're like right here mm-hmm. for me. Oh, wow. For real. <laughs> Honestly, and I mean that. I'm not blowing smoke up you. You know, I, I really mean that. You know, because I think what I love what you guys are doing, whether you realize it or not, is that you are pushing culture. You're pushing culture with these conversations that you're forcing us to have um, in this, you know, entertaining, mm-hmm. entertaining way. You have Michael Eric Dyson on your show. Yeah. You know, talk, chopping it up. You know what Love I mean? Love that brother. Yeah. Um, who was the sister that was running for uh, uh, Congress and in, in, from Ohio? Nina Turner. Nina Turner. Yes, Nina you Nina had Turner. her. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I, I'm I, I'm happy to be here. So, yes, I feel like I, I'm yeah, good. Boy. That's why I was glad to see you at the AFCAS. Because oh, there's so yeah. many people who don't show up for award shows that are for us. Oh, you hosted it. Yeah. Yes. You know, and, and I just I just always think that's so strange. If this award show is for us and it's celebrating us, yeah, I'm good to see you at the Oscars, good to see you at the SAG yeah, Awards, but yeah. why don't you come to the AFCAS? So it was yeah. good to see you there. Yeah, I was happy to be there. Why do you think that's important to show up to those events? Well, you know, I love that expression. Sometimes it be your own people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that that's sort of the context is usually negative. Mm-hmm. But I like it. To me, it's positive. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes it be your own people that prop you up. That's right. You know? That's right. Um, and that's how I grew up. I grew up with people that look like me uh, propping me up. So that's where I want to be. Like the NAACP Image Awards, the Soul Train Awards, all of those things are, first of all, the most fun you'll have in an award show. Come on now. Anyway. Now, yes. I effed I, I with Lovecraft Country heavy, mm-hmm. right? Okay. And I don't know anybody from the show, so you're the only person I can ask this question. Why the hell did they cancel Lovecraft Country? Listen, I don't know. Then y'all got nominated for a million, what was it, I Emmys? I know, I know. Like, like the week after or The week after, like, like I'm like, huh? Yeah. They didn't they give y'all no reasoning, like, nothing? Yeah, did they call y'all back and be like, let's rethink this? No, they did not. Damn. <laughs> they did not. They were like, bye. How Still. were you when you got the call, like, there's not coming back? You weren't shocked? I was completely shocked because I was, we were being told that they were writing it and all this good stuff. And then then I just got this random call saying that it wasn't going to come back at all. That, yeah. That's crazy. It if you had crazy. to speculate, what do you think happened? If I had to speculate, um, I don't know. I, I just think that I think Lovecraft Country was a, was a wild ride. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to have, you got to have these courageous people who want to stay behind that wild ride you know i just think that you know the 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 kind of storytelling that our white male counterparts get to do we don't get to do that kind of level of you know breadth of imagination we just still don't get to do that kind of stuff you know we have a one you have someone like barry jenkins Mm -hmm. who pushes the envelope you know in the way that he does Mm -hmm. misha green did that with lovecraft country and um, you know they, she needed to be continue to be supported in that way, and that that didn't happen. That makes zero sense to me. Yeah, me too. You're also in the new series, Sixty First Street. Yes, I am. Is mm-hmm. that all right? So when does that start? I think in April. Okay, in April, mm-hmm. and so that's based in Chicago. It is. Uh huh. Uh huh. So what's your role on there? So we know. Uh, I play a woman who's running for office. Um, I have a, a son who has Asperger's, um, and. I play Courtney B. Vance's wife mm-hmm. again. Wow. <laughs> that country. He can't get rid of me. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Well, if your mother could see you now. That's right. How about that? Absolutely. Congratulations that? on everything. Yeah, and we're so honored that you took some time to come up to see us. Oh, you might feel you like it's a big about? deal, but it's a really big deal for us to have you here. Oh, my Absolutely. God. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And I, y'all keep up. Keep up what y'all are doing because I appreciate it. And got to watch the movie, too. It's amazing. You did a great job. You got to see yourself in it. Oh, well, 
Well, I appreciate you. You need like a watch party or something. <laughs> How you know you even Oscar worthy? <laughs> How you listen, 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 let me tell you something. I'm Breakfast Club worthy. There you go, there you go, there you go, there you go. How about that? Arjanae Ellis. The same. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Well, Kim Kardashian was on the Ellen DeGeneres show yesterday, and she's talking all about her new relationship with Pete Davidson. You know, she hasn't dated in 10 years, she said, like, since before Instagram. So she's still learning how to do things, but she did decide to choose happiness. I mean, I think it's just in life, like no matter what it is, I just think I encourage my friends and my, the people that I love just to be happy and I went for it. And I went for it, I was like, you know what? I'm in my 40s, like it, sorry. Like just go for it, find your happiness. Yeah. And like, I went for it and I took my time and I found it and it feels so good and I wanna hold on to that forever. Yeah. Jesus Christ, that's why Instagram took Kanye's, uh, took his Instagram away. Wow. All right, Kanye we're going to get into that in a second. Now, well, now, she also talked about, people were saying there was this tattoo of Kim's name on Pete's chest when that picture was posted of him laying in the bed. And here's what Kim Kardashian had to say about that. It's not actually a tattoo. When you say branding, so like literally like an iron thing yes. went onto his body yes. to brand Kim. Yes. I just think he was like, I want something that's there that I can't, you know, get rid of my tattoos because he's in the process of getting rid of his arm tats and his neck tats. So he's like, I don't want to be able to get rid of it or to cover it up. And I just wanted it like there as like a scar. Wow. Well, it's so. faster too than just sitting for a tattoo just to <laughs> get branded. We're it's gonna... so cute, guys. It is cute. It's adorable. Adorable. Yeah, Instagram might need to take Kanye's IG for 48 hours. That's, that's serious, serious. That ain't just, uh, we just having fun. That's serious, serious. Well, we've seen people get tattooed, and, and but not necessarily branded someone's name, unless they're in a fraternity. Uh, but in addition to that, uh, he has other tattoos, by the way, several of them. <gasps> Here's what she had to say. Okay, first tattoo we got, I was like, oh, so cute. Thank you. Oh, my God. So, you know, second, whatever. I'm like, oh, that's so cute. But like, that's what tattoo people do, right? Like they get tattoos of what's going on in their life, and so he has three tattoos. <laughs> of you? Just, well, it sounds know. like this is like That'd the third. <laughs> so the first tattoo was you said kind of cute. So yeah, is it uh, your name or is it like a little? The branding is my name. Right. The yeah. other ones are like cutesy things. I think my favorite one, it says here, it says my girl is a lawyer, and that one's really cute. Wow. Are they about to get married? Yeah. Okay, Instagram, make well, it. She seven. has to get branded too. And no, then... Instagram, make it seventy-two hours. They about to get married. Might yeah, as well I, I, just do it. There's a lot of people out there with tattoos that are, that three tattoos and a branding. No, he, he about to get I married. I actually know people who have multiple tattoos, and you know, but they, they never this got is married. What they're, they're absolutely not. Maybe <laughs> let's just take Kanye's Instagram for a month, a year. Well, it's been taken away, and it's suspended for violating bullying and harassment policy. But so they, they said the he can be hit though. with even more sanctions if he continues to make posts that violate Instagram's rules. I'm confused because they left the post up there. The post that they leave up. I Whoa. saw. I saw. I saw some stuff deleted. Yesterday. The one with uh, Pete's head. They left. Oh, I would think that violates, don't you think? Depends on who they say he's bullying. They might say he's bullying um, his ex-wife. Yeah. So depends on who's getting bullied. And I saw a lot of people were, uh, you know, went to free Kanye also. Free him from what? 
From Instagram jail, I guess. Oh God! <laughs> All right, now you know Ellen- Kanye's gonna his next move is he's gonna say he's gonna launch his own social media platform. That's or, what French Montana said. Or he's gonna help Donald Trump with his because Donald Trump has a social media platform. Mm-hmm. Watch one of those two things. All right, now Ellen DeGeneres, by the way, since we were just talking about her, gave her staff millions of dollars in bonuses as her show is coming to an end. So the final episode is set to air May twenty sixth. And they said the exact seven-figure sum that will be distributed to staffers was not disclosed, but the source declared it was not even a question for Ellen to cover bonuses. That was very important to her. And they also added that she's been incredibly generous to employees since the show began back in 2003. All right. Mary J. Blige recently spoke out in an interview promoting her new album, Good Morning Gorgeous, about her decision not to have children. She spoke with E's Daily Pop to discuss this and here's what she had to say. But do you think you're ever going to get to the day where you're like, damn, I maybe should have done it? I, I'm not there yet, so I'm good. I'm, I, I, listen, I, I, I have nieces and nephews forever. And I, I'm, I'm always watching how people are scram, you know, scrambling around for babysitters. I, I don't want to go. <laughs> I don't want to go through that. I like my freedom. I like being able to get up and go and move and do what I want to do. I don't want to have to tend to someone all the time, you know. Yes. Right now, that's what I'm at, you know. But you know, it's, it's, I don't think it's done. Why did he ask that question? What was the context? Um, I'm not sure. This is just a clip that was uh, circulating from Justin Sylvester. You know, we haven't always uh, made the best decisions here on The Breakfast Club. And it, over the years, there's been <laughs> a lot it. of things that have Stop been said it. in this room that, you know, y'all, I don't, y'all may not have heard. And I remember some years ago, years, years, we years, 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 ago, years ago, years ago, the queen, Mary J. Blige, the queen called into this radio show. She called for something. Why you gotta and go negative? somebody in this room asked her, when is she going to have some babies? Just like that. We're going to have some babies. It definitely wasn't me. Wasn't me either. It was not Lennard. Okay? That leads one other person. All right? Okay? We were a different show 10 and, years And that ago. answer was not... She did not answer as eloquent as she answered just now. She did not. She, okay? Everybody's evolved. Said, Nigga, that ain't your business. Okay? That, yeah, I don't know if she brought it up or he brought it up first. He brought... What you mean? No, he's talking about in that interview. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'm talking oh, about, about us. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. And us, no. We... No, ain't no... Matter hopefully fact, have since learned you don't ask. And by the no way... It was a he. It was a him. He. That was that pronoun over there. That was 11 years ago. He, why, him. Why, why you still call <laughs> that man right there. 11 years ago. So, Mary, when are you going to have some babies? When are you going to have some babies? <laughs> <laughs> Mary said, nigga, that, that ain't none of your business. That wasn't the context. Why, why, why do you care if I have the babies? You going to have them for me? That wasn't you going to push my ass? That wasn't the context. <laughs> Drop on a clues bomb from Mary J. Blige, damn it. <laughs> that wasn't the context. Well, we love you, Mary. Yes, we do. That's a decision that's completely up to any woman. Whatever it is that you decide to do, that's on you. That's very true. All right. That is your rumor report. What you going to say, Envy? I'm not going to say nothing. I'm just asking Charlamagne who was giving donkey to. Uh, Four after the hour, (laughs) Thomas Eugene Colucci needs to come to the front of the congregation. Uh, We like to have a word with him. He's he's from Florida, by the way. All right. We'll get to that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Have you ever wanted to own a piece of Breakfast Club history? then this is your chance. Breakfast Club NFTs are almost here, exclusively with one of the green platform. If you've been curious about NFTs, this is the perfect way to start your collection. So don't wait. Hit up oneof.com today for more info. You make sure you tell them to watch out for Florida, man. Florida, man. The craziest people in America come from the Bronx and all of Florida. Yes, you are a donkey. 
A Florida man attacked an ATM for a very strange reason. It gave him too much money. Florida man is arrested after deputies say he rigged the door to his home in an attempt to electrocute his pregnant wife. Police arrested an Orlando man for <clears throat> attacking a flamingo. It's a breakfast club, bitches. Donkey of the day. With Charlemagne the God. I don't know why y'all keep letting him get y'all like this. Uh, it's me? Me? Huh. Donkey of the day for Thursday, March 17th goes to a Spring Hill, Florida man named Thomas Eugene Colucci. Now, what does your Uncle Charla always tell you about the great state of Florida? The craziest people in America come from the Bronx and all of Florida, and today is no exception. Now, there have been stories like Thomas before. But I have a different perception of these kinds of stories now that it's 2022. Okay, there has been things that have happened in our society uh, that make me give Thomas the credit he deserves for being stupid, but not really, just slightly stupid. See, Thomas is a meth head, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, in fact, in his own words, he is an experienced drug user, an experienced drug user. Okay, a master of meth, a professional crank connoisseur, a human with a high degree of knowledge uh, of speed. Yes, that is Thomas Eugene Colucci. So imagine his surprise when he went out and purchased some of that cotton candy and that meth didn't hit like it should have, okay? Didn't produce the expected sensation he wanted. Nothing worse than when you go out and buy your drug of choice and it ain't hitting on nothing, man. Well, Thomas did what any savage-ass speed user would do in that situation. He called the police. Yes, 911. We have an emergency, and the emergency is, I ain't tweaking, and I want to tweak. Well, Thomas, maybe you were and didn't know it. Let's go to WFLA News Channel 8 for the report, please. 41-year-old Thomas Colucci called the Hernando County Sheriff's Office Friday night. Authorities say he told deputies he bought meth from a man he met at a bar. He said, all right, me and my friend are coming over to give it to you. And, he, and I heard him laugh in the background. Colucci told authorities he was a, quote, experienced drug user who, quote, knew what it should feel like. And when I broke it up, it looked just like it. So I sniffed a little bit. And what I think I got was bath salt. Colucci then requests an unmarked squad car from the dispatcher. I don't want anybody to come in the house because okay. I'm really paranoid. These guys are plotting to kill me. Okay. Uh, we, we Can you just send an unmarked car so I can show him what he sold me? I really just want to show a police officer what yeah. he sold me. I really don't want to get these guys arrested. Yeah. I just want to come sure. know that if something happens to me. Authorities said Colucci handed them two bags of the drug. Field testing confirmed the presence of methamphetamine. Colucci was charged for possession of the drug and two counts of possession of drug paraphernalia. Thomas said his meth wasn't hitting on nothing. I'm not too sure about that. All right? Sounds like he was tweaking to me. He called the police because he did not want other people to purchase fake meth from the person who sold it to him. He wanted to put the person in trouble for potentially selling dangerous drugs. Listen, all of that sounds absolutely logical to me. Why? Because we live in the era of supervised drug use sites. They have a lot of supervised drug infection, uh, injection sites, okay, which are medically supervised facilities designed to provide a hygienic environment in which people are able to consume uh, illicit recreational drugs and prevent deaths due to drug overdoses. You hear about uh, all of these people dying of fentanyl? Okay, fentanyl overdoses. They have fentanyl test scripts now. You remember we had Dr. Carl Hart up here and we were debating with him. I'm a person who feels like we should spend more money on resources to get folks clean as opposed to creating safe spaces for them to do drugs. But Dr. Carl Hart feels like we can have responsible adult drug usage. I would think calling the police to make sure my drugs are real 
and to report a drug dealer for potentially selling fake drugs is part of responsible adult drug usage. I read an article a week ago on ABC News about the first official safe injection site uh, here in America, located right in New York City. Okay, local officials are allowing legal drug use to make it less deadly. I know different states do different things, and there is no state like Florida. But is Thomas really wrong for being a responsible adult drug user? Is that even really a term? Because that sounds like an oxymoron to me to have responsible and drug uses in the same sentence. But they have these supervised consumption spaces. Remember about a month ago when they said the Biden administration was giving out crack pipes and the Democrats were so terrible at messaging they couldn't explain what they were actually doing? Well, they were doing what a lot of these safe spaces uh, for drugs were doing. It's called the Harm Reduction Grant Program, and they gave money to support community-based overdose prevention programs, okay, syringe service programs, and other harm reduction services. And part of the funding can be used to purchase supplies such as safe smoking kits, clean crack pipes, and overdose reversal medication. Same thing these safe spaces for drug use are doing at these um you know, sites, people bring their own drugs to the consumption rooms and this safe space has syringes and alcohol wipes, straws for snorting, other paraphernalia, probably clean crack pipes. And most importantly, crucially, uh, most importantly, oxygen and uh, opioid overdose reversing drugs. See how easy I explain that, you dumbass Democrats? My God. The moral of the story is this this, this energy, these new facilities y'all are opening all across the country are why people like Thomas feel like they can call the police and let them know it's bad meth in these streets. Okay, now the reason I will give Thomas Donkey today is because he should know better than to call the police. Okay, the police are there to arrest people for crimes. Until drugs like meth are decriminalized in this country, that's what's going to happen when you call the police. Now, I don't know if supervised consumption spaces exist in Florida. I guess not if the first one was just opened in New York. Duh. But if they did, that's where you should go, Thomas. Okay, not to the police. All right, an experienced meth user like yourself should know not to trust Popo. Now, look at you. Okay, this all arrested. All right, charges. All right. Also, because you was a person who decided to snitch as if you wasn't doing something wrong your damn self. Yes, the man sold it to you, but you bought it because you wanted to use it. You're both committing crimes in the eyes of the law. What if he called the police on you for using? Huh, Thomas? Please give Thomas Eugene Colucci the sweet sounds of the Hamiltons. Oh, now you are the donkey of the day. You are the donkey of the day. Now, should we play a game of guess what race it is, or is it too easy? Meth, Florida. I think that's easy. Okay. Envy, do you think it's easy? Or? Yeah. It's too easy. I still want to play, though. Nah, no, man, not when it's easy. Play. Not when it's easy. All right. All right. All right, well, thank you for that donkey mm-hmm. today. Up next, Ask Yee. 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, call Yee now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Come on. Need relationship advice? Need personal advice? Just need real advice. Call up now for Ask Ye. Keep it real. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne mm-hmm. the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. It's time for Ask Yee. What line you want to go to, Yee? Let's do line two. Hello, who's this? Yeah, this is Q. Where you from? I'm from the Bronx. Oh, boy. Go. <laughs> nah, my question is, um, when talking to your lady, I'm trying to, like, motivate her. 
right, my thing is like using the word worthy. Is it worth? Is it bad using that? Like what? Do you, what do you mean by motivate her? Explain to me what's going on. I'm just trying to like put the fire underneath her feet. Like we got bills and stuff like that. I just need help, so I just trying to be motivating her. But it's like if it's coming from me, or I don't know if it's coming from me. She ain't trying to hear it, so she turned me into the bad person, and then now she want to do shit. like yeah, forget this dude or. Uh, but it's like yo, I'm just trying to put the fire under you, trying to see your worth, and you like dubbing me. Well, sometimes people can get really defensive because I think uh, some people can be afraid to put themselves out there and do things in case it doesn't work out. And so that's kind of scary for people, which I understand. And, and then when it's the people closest to you trying to do that, she might not look at it as motivating. She might look at it as you acting like she's not doing anything great. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's kind of exactly what she said. But my thing is, what the thing that I'm talking about is actually happening with happening in our face. So it's like, yo, I'm not making stuff up. We got to do something about this. We got to, like, come on, be ahead of this. Like, give me an example. Like, just bills in general, or just, like, because I'm kind of coming over an injury, so I needed her to take over, like, the crib, but she was just moving slow about it, like, just putting her best foot forward. So... I'm trying to push her, push her, and it's like, yo, she's like, yo, I'll just move at my own time, whatever, whatever. I'm like, yo, you can't be doing this when we got all this. Yeah, everybody doesn't, everybody doesn't operate the same, but I will say this. When you are trying to, as you put it, motivate somebody, sometimes it could feel like nagging, right? I think it's a good idea to praise the things that they're good at, because a lot of times it's how you say things. That is true. So, so if you can acknowledge well. the things that she is doing, and thank her for those things. I think that helps when you're trying to take it to the next level of, you know, and being grateful because sometimes people can tend to focus on what you're not doing instead of what you are. Even when I compliment her on certain things that she is doing, it's like she will forget it. And then later on down the line, be like, oh, nah, you don't do this for me, you'll do that. I'm like, yo, you do not remember all of that from last week? Like, what are you talking about? Just to make me the bad guy. Right, it feels like she's just uh, getting defensive and maybe it's just the way that you guys are communicating. And so, a couple of things here. Either I would try to get somebody to mediate the situation because it feels like y'all are not on the same level when it comes to how you communicate with each other on the same wavelength. And the other Uh thing I would say is... um, you know, like I said, people get defensive. So just be careful about how you talk to her. Like, you know, they say don't use the words never and the words always right. when you're in the middle. Like, you never do this or you always do that. And so I think it's important to focus on the positive, on the way moving forward, and also make sure you're contributing. Don't ask somebody to do the things that you're not doing. And I'm not saying you're doing that, you know, but uh-huh. just be really conscious of having a discussion about what is triggering to her when you guys are, are doing these things and what is it that she doesn't like about the way you speak to her that way you know the best way for you to communicate things and, and right, I've tried that before but it still sometimes don't even work and I think that it's also important to talk to somebody when you're not angry at each other too like not in the midst of an argument you have to wait till right. you guys are you know maybe having dinner or sitting down and talking about things and setting aside a time to discuss so it's not when you're both on edge because then things tend to come out wrong and be received wrong as well maybe those times like when we all had dinner or driving around and stuff is she forgets about those conversations so when i bring it back up she's like oh no that was never said or just i'm like yo we just agreed to this and now uh she's just 
I know, but you know, it feels like you're blaming it all on her. And at some point, you got to realize it's both of y'all too. You know, so and okay. and part of it is owning what you're contributing to the problems in the in how y'all communicate. It's not just her; it's also you. If you can talk about how you can do things better, and then let her know, you know, and let her add to that conversation and for you guys to come to an understanding sometimes acknowledging your own shortcomings is helpful too alright cool that makes sense alright but I wish you guys the best of life I know it can be really frustrating when you keep on going in circles about things yeah that's a fact thank you I appreciate it okay all right, uh, ask ye, 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, call ye now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Here's some real advice with Angela Yee. It's Ask Ye. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Ye. Hello, who's this? My name is Lissa. Hey, Lissa, where you calling from? I'm calling from Jersey. Okay, what part? <laughs> Elizabeth, New Jersey. Elizabeth, okay. What's your question for you? So I'm coming out of a 10-year relationship, right? Um, I'm only 26. Um, he's the only boyfriend that I've ever had. And now I'm entering the dating um, world during COVID. It's very ghetto out here. So I wanted some advice from ye on, like, dating as a woman with, like, very little experience um, because that's the only boyfriend I've ever had. So... Mm-hmm. I don't know how to navigate out here. Okay, well, where are you meeting people that you're dating, or are you not really meeting people? I'm not. I'm not really meeting people, honestly. Okay, well, I think, and this is always my advice when it comes to dating, whether you're experienced at it or not, is to not put pressure on yourself and look at it as forming new friendships first. Because anybody that you date is going to be your friend before anything. And so even if it doesn't work out and it doesn't turn out to be somebody romantically that you would be interested in, at least you can have found a friend and that might lead to anything. And I also feel like letting people who you're cool with know, hey, just so you know, I'm single and I'm available. So (laughs) if you have anybody that you think would be good, um, you know, let me know. And moving around and going outside. You're not going to just meet somebody in the house unless you're online dating and and that's how you're focused. Are you better at online dating or meeting people face to face? I honestly don't even know because I'm the type of person I respond to text messages in three business days. So um, that doesn't really work with online dating. And um, my friends looking at the type of dudes that they talk to, it's like, I can't really ask my friends for, you know. Right. You don't trust them. You know anybody. (laughs) Right. You know, I think it's also uh, good to put yourself in certain situations where there's going to be guys around. And sometimes that might mean doing things alone. And so if there's like, a you know, after work type of situation or certain places where you can go where, you know, people will be headed to that you're interested in or even doing some type of volunteer work or taking a class or things like that, where people who mm-hmm. who you're like, OK, we share some common interests. That's a good place to meet people. But just like finding a job, you got to put yourself out there and and really go for it it's not always just sitting back and thinking it's just going to happen and fall in your lap yeah that's how I was thinking about things honestly but the last dude I was talking to not going to lie he was a trapper (laughs) and that was an experience and I'm like never again so I'm I know what I don't want it's just difficult finding what I do want and girl half the battle is knowing what you don't want and what those red flags are so you already know from your past relationship I am never doing this again if this happens I know that's a red flag and I'm not doing it and I think that's so important of having your own stand Standards. So that's Absolutely. halfway there. 
Okay. Thank you so much. All right. And, and you want to give out your Instagram so people can see you? Oh, my gosh. My Instagram is at Introducing Lee on Instagram. Introducing Lee? Yeah, L-E-E. Good okay. luck. All right, let's see. Let's see if there's any worthy men out here for you. <laughs> All right. Good luck, Mama. Thank you. Ask Yee, 800-585-1051. We got rumors on the way? Yes, and let's talk about Jocelyn's Cabaret. There's a lot of drama going on surrounding that show, and we'll tell you what the allegations are and what the Zeus Network has said. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Oh, 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 blow the whistle, oh, oh, blow the whistle, oh, oh, blow his whistle, oh, oh, what, you always go too far, what, you always go too far, you just can't have a good time, what, you always take it too far, what, man, what, yes, he did snort, man, what, why you stop blowing, no, I'm not blowing no more, Okay. All right. All right, let's get to the room. Let's talk uh, Jocelyn. Listen up. It's Justin. All the gossip. Gossip. The rumor report. Gossip. With Angela. Angela Yee. It's the rumor report. The Breakfast Club. Well, there's a lot of drama surrounding Jocelyn's cabaret, and that's the reality show that she has on the Zeus Network. And so now uh, Amber Ali, one of the cast members from the show, went live yesterday and said that she was attacked by Jocelyn and Jocelyn's fiance, Ballistic. Here's what she had to say. I get I knocked your bitch out, but your bitch is steady rushing me, steady attacking just Yeah, Amber, you gonna keep running up and she gonna keep doing it to your ass. She gonna drop kick your ass again. He was, he was, he was airing it on, geeking it up when she kicked me. But as soon as I deck her ass, now you want to rush me? What the f*** you think this is? This ain't Jocelyn's world. Every time we told Jocelyn to fight 101 head up, she kept jumping up like she was about to, but Raven and Diamond kept running up. Bitch, you ain't finna f***ing do nothing. Sit your ass down. You know damn well you met your match this season. That's why you kicked me out the cabaret from jump. I think you should know how to fight when you go on any reality show. You should expect to fight, and you should know how to fight. That's no, what I believe. you're not supposed to be no physical. Yeah, things. you're not supposed to do that. There, sure there should be, be security there so that this doesn't happen. Now, That's Amber him. Ali was also in the hospital, and she did say that she plans to press charges. I'm in the hospital because Jocelyn kicked me and ballistic attacked me, but I only came to the hospital because my ribs are my ribs are very bruised because Jocelyn has some big ass boots on and she kicked me hey. i knocked jocelyn the f out and i was being attacked by ballistic next thing i know yeah. and that's why i'm pressing because y'all did that for their protection and that's not right ballistic put his hands on me y'all should have held him back until the police got there and y'all should have let him go to jail i gotta i gotta protect me they fight a lot on that show listen i, I know i don't care about what's not supposed to happen i've watched enough reality tv to know what happens so when you go on these shows know how to fight carry a weapon protect yourself at all times yeah but they're saying that security was holding them back yeah. and that it was also Bruh. her fiance they was fighting it was a man two putting... episodes ago all right now riri who's also from jocelyn's cabaret <laughs> keep hacking clueless if you want was on instagram and she was crying and here's part of that clip uh, so much pain right now so don't mind me. I'm in bed all day. <laughs> I'm just in a lot of pain. My back hurts, my rib cage hurts, my neck, my hips, my face, my head. Just I didn't do nothing to nobody. 
Lord have mercy. Who, who was the girl, the, the 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 woman that was fighting like Spider Man, like she was crouching down, like who was that? Man, I, shut up! I swear, man. they that they were fighting. They've been fighting for like the last couple of episodes. Now Jocelyn went like on Spider-Man? social media yeah, like, yeah, like, and crazy. she said Mortal she Kombat. She, she said I have Mortal Kombat one hole, pimp slapped another one, See? pushed one into last, pushed one into last night's episode. Wow. Let me read it. I read that yesterday. That was funny. She Duval said, keep crying that. from your <laughs> hospital bed with your broken ribs. One kick, you flew into next day. Rotten mouth that show. And for you dumb bitches, that. when you sign up for a reality show, you cannot file a lawsuit against anyone on the show, you dummies. Let Charlamagne read that. I want to hear Charlamagne no, read that. No, because me and I was laughing about that yesterday because she really tweeted like how people be when they be describing themselves in a fight. I'm Mortal Kombat one hole and I kicked the other hole down the stairs and I threw another hole through a window and I jumped on the top of the car like Spider-Man and I body slammed the pile driver right through the top of the roof and it was a convertible. But I made it a roof. <laughs> it was you know? Now, the Zeus Network released a statement and said the Zeus Network would like to thank all of our viewers for their continued support while our programming remains authentic, loud, provocative, raw, unscripted, and uncensored. Under no circumstances do we condone bullying, unprovoked violence, and men attacking women. Currently, we are conducting a thorough review of the events that took place during the Jocelyn's Cabaret reunion taping. The safety of our talent crew, guests, and fans is our top priority. They always put those kind of statements out after the fact. If you decide to be on a reality show, protect yourself at all times. I, it's almost like we they act like we don't know what's going to happen on a lot of these shows. How many How many years have we seen people fighting on these reality shows? At this point, you would think all of these reality shows would have some protocol in place where this, this doesn't is not happen the first at all. Episode, I've seen two, three episodes. Forget with... this show. I'm talking about just in oh. general the culture of reality shows. Period. You always see somebody end up going to blow. Yeah, that's why they, they have security. They're supposed to break it up, and there was security yeah, right. there. Security so. always comes after the fact. They let about 15 seconds of the fight happen before they intervene. All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor reports. Now, uh, Wendy Williams was on Good Morning America. How, did you see? Did any, you watch the interview? Anybody up here? I saw. We're it. doing. Only like five sh- we're doing the show. Are you saying it? How was it? <laughs> it was a phone call. She called in the Good Morning America on Zoom. Uh, it was a phone call. She, you couldn't see her face. I, TJ, salute to TJ. TJ was on Zoom. TJ Holmes, but uh-huh. she was on the phone. Uh, okay. Was it good? Anything interesting? Anything that she revealed? Anything at all? I, I was doing the number two at the same time. So I didn't you know want... I, I'm not, forget seriously, it, I was doing it. the number two at the same time. And it. so when people was walking in and out, I would turn it off because I didn't want them to know that was me in the stall. So, you know, if they heard... Tima, all right. Just, you know, I just... All right, yeah, yeah. all right. That's they the said she addressed uh, her health and legal battles and mental and physical well-being. Uh, all right. People's Choice Mix is up next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Angela Yee here, and the General Insurance has been saving people money for nearly 60 years. So if you want quality insurance for less, take a closer look at the General. Call 800-GENERAL or visit thegeneral.com. The General Auto Insurance Services, Inc., an insurance agency, Nashville, Tennessee. Some restrictions apply. Everybody, it's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. Uh, I want to shout to uh, Abrams Books. Uh, they sent me the uh, books. My books are starting to come in. Of course, my book comes out April 19th. Real Life, Real Love. That's right. I can't I wait you, to read uh, it. It's not copy. just your book either, bro. It's me and my wife's book, I should say. You keep saying it's yours. That's the problem. 
Damn, yo. Me and my wife's book. Well, Gia is going to be on lip service, minus Envy, so yes. we're going to have some unfiltered conversation. Yeah, she's coming up here, minus me, too. I'm going to let y'all you know, interview her without me here. Envy, you should be here for no, that. No, I think it'd be better. Well, y'all know me. You yep. sound, that sounds scary to me. You sound like That sounds like some shook stuff to me. You better have your ass <laughs> here in this chair. Envy, oh you got to okay? do an interview, too. Every press that your wife does, you should be doing with her because it is y'all book. It is, but I'm going to let... She's Except gonna, for lip service. She's going we, lip service. We actually requested she, she, not to have yeah, Envy there. they're doing the ladies thing. Yeah, so that's fine. And I want to shout out to Coppin State University. I'll be there tomorrow. Um, you know, I'll be over there talking all morning and afternoon. So shout out to my boy Joshua Humbert at Coppin State University. And then it's wholesale day in Detroit for my store, private label. So I'm so excited for that. So guys, make sure y'all come through and um, get your hair and your bundles and your wigs and everything wholesale. Sounds good to me. And when we come back, we got the positive notice of Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. And we also have to shout out Anjanu Ellis for joining us. Uh, she was in King Richard. She played Serena's and Venus's mom. That's yeah, right. she did and an she, amazing job in that movie. And, and she, she was in Lovecraft Country, too. Yeah, and she's nominated for an Oscar Best Supporting Actress this mm-hmm. year. So salute to that queen. You got a positive note, Charlamagne? I do have a positive note. Salute to my guy, Arnold Taylor, man. Carolina's All Day, Charlotte, 704. Uh, big CEO energy, my man Arnold Taylor. I saw Arnold post this, and I really, I really, you know, feel this message. He said some people miss the message because they are too busy looking for the mistake. And I think that's the world that we we really live in. Like nobody listens with the intent to understand anymore. They just want to reply, especially because they get rewarded for it so much because of social media, man. So you know, sometimes, man, people miss the message because they're too busy looking for the mistake. Look for the message. Breakfast Club, bitches. Y'all finished or y'all done? 